Chris, I have a joke for you. Go. Why was the werebat scared to fly outside? Oh, God. Is that what you were doing? Why? Because every cloud has a silver lining. Oh, <laughs> great. Yay, that was excellent. Thanks. I didn't the, think of it myself. I'm going to give you the acknowledgement and praise that your dad never gave you. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the No Interior Podcast with Chris and Steven, and really, I'm the only one that matters. Yes. Hi, Chris. How are you? Uh, hurt and in pain after that comment? Chris, you do matter. I just matter. <laughs> you just make Because yourself. I know how to actually edit the audio, whereas you do not. I can learn. It would be bad. <laughs> so, Chris, you have a question for me today? I do. What are you most excited about for the release of Descent of Avernus? What am I Into? most excited about? Yeah, to see, like, in the book I what they do. I can't wait for our conversations. <laughs> That's going to be in two episodes? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't really actually been following it that closely. Okay. I, I, I guess I just... They're coming out with a, a map of Avernus, so that'll be interesting to see how they've documented the hells and kind of whatever storyline. Because they're talking about the Blood War is going to take place, um, and so you could have opportunities of joining that. So I'm curious, to, I guess, to see their direction and how they're doing it based off of, you know, or like the differences between how I'm doing it in one of our campaigns and how you guys are doing it. Right. So I guess that. And that was going to be, that was my follow-up question is, in the campaign we're doing, are you doing like a pre-Blood Wars or something? We seem to be involved in some sort of conflict. And I was, wasn't sure. I have sure told you multiple times it's the Blood War. That would say that I pay attention to you. Yeah, so that would mean that you would stop looking at baseball during the game. Twice. Twice. Sure. Anyways, what about uh, the Infernal Machines? Yeah, I mean, the Infernal Machines will be cool. I, I mean, we talked about it in our last... Right. I think that's the two most... Two episodes ago, maybe? I think that's the thing I'm most excited to see. There was Infernal Machines, which I assume are just reskinned from the Boats and Ghost Assault Marsh because that's the easiest yeah. thing to do. Yeah, probably. Is just to reskin that since they had already done the UA for... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He just threw a cat across the room. That's my cat. We have two. Uh, I didn't throw it against the wall across the room. I knocked it off the chair. Jesus, you make me sound like a, more of a horrible person than I am. Anyways, I hope you can live with yourself. Uh, I I think that it's just going to be a reskinned of the boats from Ghost Assault Marsh because they had already done a UA for that and they never did a UA for the uh, uh, Infernal Machine. So, uh, and also, you know, why why come up with a completely new rule set for a system that is more geared towards those simplicity rules that can be done for a variety of different things instead of having a set amount of rules for each tiny thing? You mean Pathfinder? Yeah, I mean, Pathfinder does have a lot of very specific rules based off of what you're going to do, and that they'll each rule set will be different, even if it's kind of right. generally kind of the same thing. Yeah. No, and I mean, that's good if that's what you like. So what about, uh, I mean, do you think they're going to be based off of, I mean, do you think they're going to be a, a land? I mean, it's obviously a yeah, land, land vehicle, there's, uh, the, but are they going to be based like a car base, or uh, what do you think? Have you... I thought I've shown this to you. Um, actually, at Gen Con, uh, Grimm and Beetle were at... Yeah, I didn't see that. Beetle and Grimm? I don't remember how to pronounce it, or which way it is, but uh, they had a a mock-up of what the Infernal Machine was going to be, and it, it basically looks like a tank. I can show you a... So it's the Batmobile from the the last two movies, where it's just this... Beetle and Grimm's, that's what, that's what they're called. But if you go onto their website, and I'll throw this into the show notes, you can look at... Let's see, look... At the uh, at the very bottom of one of the pages, they have a mock-up of what the Infernal Machine will look like, which I will send to 
Chris. Oh, that's a lot now, easier. And then we'll get his reaction. Okay. No, I and I remember you saying that it was there, and I did not see it. Nah. So. It was pretty cool. There might have even... I don't remember if they hooked up lights or anything to it, but it, it looked very ferocious and fearsome and something that I would not want to tango with, though I would love to drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, if you shit. scroll down, yeah, yeah, all the way down at the bottom, uh, and I'll, I'll link it, but it's basically just a big, uh, like, fantasy tank meets World of Warcraft meets... Uh, this Batman, the latest series, the yeah. Christopher Nolan... And Mad Max. Yep. Uh, basically, it looks like a big helmet, kind of like slanted at the very front with, with a, a huge... giant saw. <laughs> yeah, with a huge saw at the front of it, and then it kind of has like tank tracks in the back of it, and... Uh, uh, chains all over the place because Edgelord and uh, just a lot of plate armor with spikes coming out of it. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I missed that, so this is great. Yeah, I don't know if uh, this is from their imaginations or if they've been talking with Watsy about what it's supposed to look like, but it is uh, something that they're doing in conjunction with WizKid, so it's probably something that they've been talking with Watsy about and yeah. how it works. They're you know, getting buddy-buddy with Watsy. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, well, uh, I think that'll be interesting to see the rules set for that. Yeah, no, it should be fun to take a look. Well, we're going to be buying them right when they come out and reading them and doing a review on it, correct? Correct. Excellent. And uh, actually, I just saw the uh, the premium cover the other day, and it looked oh. very cool. Yeah, that always cracks me up when the covers come out and everyone freaks out. And then, you know, Perkins has to send out a tweet saying, this is just a... You know, oh, you mean the Everarm book that looked like trash? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder if they like, it's actually the title, and pe- the actual cover, and people freak out, and they're like, eh, let's go back to the drawing board. <laughs> we haven't printed yet, have we? Uh, well, I hope not, because um, that that that's a lot of money if yeah. they just printed it. But no, I, I mean, I think they're a, uh, Storm's King Thunderhead, um, their promo cover for it was a different piece of uh, inside artwork than what's actually on the cover art now. So okay, uh, there's precedent for that being the case. Right. But I also feel like, <laughs> especially with like their lack of announcement of the Eberron book, they could have waited another week until they got like the final artwork done. But yeah, I don't feel like Eberron was a very good release. Uh, they did that last uh, yeah a year ago when they released Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron. They're just like, yep, it's out, and they no. didn't bother telling people, oh, this is still playtest material. <laughs> They just kind of do a shit show when it comes to releasing Eberron stuff. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> they, I mean, I get that they're owned by Hasbro. Hasbro's got to have a huge market. Hasbro, um, uh, Peppa Pig. Yeah, they just bought uh, the production dollars. company for Peppa Pig because uh, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're really focused on um, being a media company as well as being a toy company because they realize the only way, uh, like the the CEO was talking about, the only way that you can sell toys is if you have media that goes along with it which gets me very excited for 2021 when the new dungeons and dragons movie comes out because they're like hey maybe we should actually have a good media output with D and maybe we'll sell more toys yeah i mean here we come action figures and here we come dog come here uh i don't know about action figures for D and i mean we already got miniatures um Plus, we five E doesn't feature iconics no. like three E used to. So yeah, they'll they'll push something. I'm sure. So what are we talking about today, Stephen? Today, Chris, we are talking about the new Unearthed Arcana uh, Wild Souls. Uh, there are two sub sub subclasses that they released. 
uh, back uh, about a week or so ago mm-hmm. for the Barbarian and Monk. Uh, the Barbarian has the Path of the Wild Soul, whereas the Monk has the astral Way of self. the Astral Self, yep. which I like the I like the Astral Self um, name. I think that's pretty cool. But <laughs> that's ominous for when we get to that. Uh, only as ominous as you make it out to be, Chris. Okay. So, uh, do you want to give like a brief de- uh, overview of? Well, I, I guess we could first say these are both very focused on kind of a more planar type energy, which I'm very excited that they're leaning in the direction of more planar mm-hmm. kind of sub races, as that gives the idea that there may be planescape for five e. Maybe, or maybe plain, <laughs> or books on planar energies, as and I'm saying with my fingers, fingers crossed. tightly crossed, and uh, that would really make my year if they were like, yeah, and may we're going to release a book on planar stuff, I'm like, yes! Maybe it'll please. be the Christmas release. Uh, now, typically what they do is, um, they release something in May, then in August, September-ish time, they'll release something, and then they might release something in November, as mm. like the big releases. Yeah, the Christmas release. But UAs... Now, those are supposed to have, happen every month, whereas I think the last UA was like five or seven months yeah, ago. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a long time ago. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, because what was it? The Alch- one, of the, one of the ones was the it Alchemist. It was the updated and- Artificer. Yeah. Okay. Which had the Alchemist. Woo! Yeah. Yay. And then the, 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 the battle person with the turrets. The turrets. I love turrets. Uh, overall, I mean. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, what, what is your overall impression of the two subclasses? They're. UA. They, there's some really cool things in both of them. I just think that, you know, they're not, obviously, they're not a final product. There's a couple of things I might switch around. There's a couple of things I, you know, I was like, eh, but there were some, there were some fun things in it. Um, well, the Barbarian, I feel like they took some time. I, again, I think that it can definitely be tweaked. The Monk, I just feel like was a great idea, but they kind of threw it in. They may, it may have been rushed. But again, I think the idea was great, and I think that there was some cool stuff in there. It just didn't, I don't know, didn't seem to be lacking in something to me. Huh. Um, what about you? Uh, I dislike the Barbarian, because lol, random magic tables to roll yeah. on. Let's, <laughs> I knew we were going to get there. <laughs> uh, and then I hate their sixth level ability. And then mm-hmm. I, I like the Monk. I think the Monk's fine. Um, a couple of people are saying that it's overpowered, but doing the math. Based off of other level 20 characters, it's not that strong. No, I didn't think it was overpowered. I just didn't. felt like they didn't. I don't know. It's all the same kind of thing. There was, you know, usually one of the levels you get something color that's kind of out of the way, a little flavor. And this was like, you get arms, you get a face mask, you get a suit, you know? <laughs> well, let's let's start with the Barbarian because B comes before M. Um, Path of the Wild Soul. Uh, this is a barbarian that is uh, an expression of the Feywild. When it, when this barbarian roars, it's a bellowing roar of freedom, an explosion of expression manifesting in unpredictable ways. How do you feel about magic barbarian? <laughs> not good. Here's the thing. It's not really... They don't get spells. Okay, yeah. They yeah. get... They get to give spells. Yeah, that... We'll talk about that in a second. When you get to third level, before we get into that, here's my thing about being exposed to the Feywild. How does that all of a sudden come around at third level? Do you build it into your original backstory as the DM? Are you just like, well, oh, think- you warp, you zap yourself to the Feywild and now you're back? Well, the problem, and this is kind of a problem that I have with all subclasses, except mm-hmm. for a couple of them, is that you pick them at a later level instead of at level one. 
I think that all subclasses should be chosen at level one, that there should be some sort of subclass, even like a small little minor subclass, even if it's just like a design ribbon subclass feature at level one. So it actually like, you know, you're just not like random barbarian. And then you're looking at all the subclasses like, mm, I'm going to go with this one. It's just like, yeah, I'm no longer just a random barbarian from the mountains. In fact, I'm a very spiritual Feywild barbarian yeah, with like glistening magical hair. It's like, ah. that's the part that bothers yeah, I, me. I think that. Typically what happens, though, is you talk to the DMs like, hey, I would like to be a Feywild barbarian. And they're like, cool. How are you going? Like, you know, there, there's going to be a bit of description about, you know, when, when people first meet your barbarian, be like, yeah, and he has like weird green hair. And, you know, just, and then I had, I guess kind of going along with that is I had someone that wanted to be a sorcerer and a fighter. And, um, I was talking to them. It's like, okay, well, uh, during the game, like I described, like sometimes like they touch like this door handle and just like got coated in ice and it's like oh that's weird and you know it's yeah, huh? trying to draw that into the story in such a way that doesn't really have any mechanical benefit but is nice and flavorful so then it's not just like low random i am now magic so you're person. the thought that you know in your when you're developing your character in your pre-session zero that you need to have an idea of what you're going to be doing down the road i think it's possibly helpful to have a general idea of what your character is mm-hmm. down the road but again that it if your group is more focused on combat than role-playing, then it doesn't really matter. Right. All right. Cool. It's, yeah, but I think if your group is going to be more focused towards role-playing, then it's probably already pretty apparent. Excuse me. It's already pretty apparent as to what subclass you're going to go by because of the way things that you flavor. Yeah. Okay. I get that. And it seems like nowadays a, a lot is based around role-playing. A lot of the games that you can listen to or play in. Well... Watsy released their their three pillars of uh, encounters, where it's uh, combat encounters, role playing encounters, and then exploration encounters. Um, the massive part of Five E is all thrown into the combat column, and yeah. the exploration column is just kind of forgotten off to the side, where it's like, oh, the ranger kind of hand waves all yeah. that shit. You get there, and then the role play column is just, yeah, you get a bonus to your skill. Yeah, it's like ah. <laughs> Cool. I can cast friends and make the person hostile towards me. Great. Yep. So, all right. Third level, you yes, get lingering yes. magic and wild search. So, lingering magic. Yes. Okay. Right off the bat, barbarian gets magic. Yes. You, well, you can cast detect magic. Not a big deal. Actually, I think in Pathfinder, uh, detect magic is a cantrip. Some kind of amuse that we throw it behind a level one spell. I know. That's a ritual. <laughs> But yeah, uh, they can cast a tech magic without using a spell slot or components. Um, you you would still have to concentrate on it, so you wouldn't be able to do it while you're raging. Mm-hmm. But uh, and you uh, you can do this a number of times equal to your con modifier, uh, which is I mean that's fine. You you, you got uh, anywhere from if you're a barbarian, probably like two to five uses of it in a day, and it's just kind of nice. Oh look, here's this huge treasure hoard. Barbarian's like. Let me see first. <laughs> Does it... I feel like it's something they might have thrown in. They're like, okay, we can't have him hit things all the time. And you're like, eh, you don't want to burn a spell slot, whiz. I'll just... I'll walk up and be like... Yeah, okay. it, it gives the barbarian a bit of uh, utility, mm-hmm. uh, as barbarians are typically lacking a good bit of utility. Though some... Um, I think get, like, speak with animals. I don't... I think that's... Totem get speak with animals right. uh, mm-hmm. that they can cast, which is nice. Yep, you and get a third-level spirit seeker. Yeah, and so that's... 
it's a good bit of utility, plus it allows the... I mean, it kind of goes over, like, stepping a little bit on the wizard's toes, but you're a magic barbarian. It's it's not surprising that you get something small like that that can be useful. Yeah, no, and again, it, it can work to your benefit. And I have no problem with it. It is nope. not an at-will power. It is... You, know, you have a set amount that you can use in a day. I would be surprised if you used it every day, all the time. Yeah. Like, all of the uses, just back to back to back. It just kind of reminds me of, it's like paladin a third level gets you know is it a third level i mean you get meh it's like a flavor thing i mean i don't know what ability you're ta- referring to for paladin is it protection no it's is i can't remember if it's second or third uh detect uh oh where you can detect things yeah. oh divine sense at first level you get divine sense okay all right so i, I have no problem with it either it's it's nice don't want to burn the spell slot great barbarian can do something other than punch someone in the face hit somebody with a sword yeah, they can do that a number of times equal to one plus their charisma modifier. Okay, that's fine. Um, All right, let's get to I the one you really hate. Really know why sometimes they do like one plus modifier or just modifier? I, I feel like they should unify that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like their divine sense. Like how many times are you going to use that one plus five? Never. <laughs> yeah, never. It seems weird, but All right. uh, no, I don't hate wild surge at at third level. Whenever you rage. You have to roll on the wild surge table and roll random is going to happen. It's the same people that's going to pick the wild magic sorcerer because it's wild magic. And ooh, we get to roll on a table and isn't this wacky fun? Yeah. But there's only eight options and it's just like, ah, it's so wacky fun. Yeah. And none of them are really that bad. A couple of them are just like, well, that's going to be useless. First effect you get is uh, all creatures within 30 feet of you takes 1d10 necrotic damage and you gain temp HP equal to the sum of necrotic damage dealt to those creatures. That seems like a lot. Uh, Yeah, that is a lot, especially if you rage inside of your party. Yeah, they're going to be annoyed that maybe they took five points of necrotic damage. But boy, howdy, if there's three or four or five other party members, you just gained 15 to 25 HP there. Uh, right, and I mean, I guess the other thing... Or, no, sorry, 3d10, so that would be... Or no, 1d10, necrotic damage. So, I mean, you're looking at anywhere... If you have four other party members, you're looking at anywhere from 4 to 40 temporary HP. Yep. And then you just run in and you tank all the damage and you're just laughing. Well, I mean, but here's the thing. All right, so a d10 necrotic damage. Yes. And you're like, but at third level, I mean, the other... If you're a zealot... You go the zealot path, you get a d6 plus one because it's a d6 plus your half of your barbarian level. For what? Uh, for your third level. I don't know what you're referencing. If you take the zealot path, okay, at your third level, let me look. Give you the name, maybe that'll help you. I don't know barbarians that well. Yeah. So, do you get temporary HP? Is the effect I'm asking about? No. Okay. What does the one d6 get you? Uh, when you start this p- uh, path, you can channel Divine Fury into your weapon strikes oh, okay. while you're raging. Uh, with an let's see, while you're raging, the first creature you hit on your turns takes an extra one d six plus half your barbarian level. So you'd be nice. taking yeah a d six plus, and then if you're your third level right there, so it'd be plus one because I'm assuming you ran down versus plus a d ten. You know, yeah. there's a there's a but, I mean, that also happens every round when you're as a zealot, where you're dealing that extra damage. Whereas True. this is just right when you rage. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What's the... I mean, it... It just seems like they just knocked everything up a smidge on third. Well, and, and that's kind of a common complaint with UA, is that everything's very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
the designers have gone on record saying, you know, you make things a little bit stronger so you can see where things break. Right. It's easier to see where things are breaking when you make everything uh, stronger than they should be. All right. And I mean, like, we'll get to it. But, you know, if you roll an eight, you get there's a beam of brilliant light that lances from your chest five foot wide and 60 foot long. I mean, you're just like, ah! and it, they have to make a con save or take 2d8 radiant and be blinded. That's a lot. I thought you said we were going to get to that. Okay. You're just talking about it now, Chris. All right, all right. So, uh, second effect um, would be you get a 20-foot Misty Step as a bonus action until your rage ends. I like it. I, I, well, I like it in so much that I like it more than the other things on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's also, like, random weird. Like, teleportation is starting to pop up everywhere. It is Which is a very a handy thing for the Barbarian to have, especially when they're, like, going around and, like, attacking people. This mm-hmm. allows them to avoid opportunity attacks and move around targets and things of that nature. So that's handy. Now, here's uh, the first thing I thought of is you teleport immediately behind somebody and flank immediately and get, okay, you're fighting. There's someone standing in front of you. You can teleport 20 feet, correct? And you can just teleport directly behind the creature you're attacking. That's not how flanking works. Why not? Because then you're not flanking anyone. Flanking the creature with anyone else. I'm saying if I if if there is someone attacking someone face on, yeah, and you can just teleport directly behind them. Mm-hmm. Now you're flanking. That's not how the rules work. Then how do the rules work? You and one other creature have to be on opposite sides of a creature. Why can't you just teleport to the opposite side where somebody is? Because that's not how the mechanics of the game work. Why not? It says you can teleport twenty feet to an unoccupied space. Correct. I'm confused. All right, so the way you're explaining this to me is you are fighting someone face-to-face. You then bonus action teleport behind No, 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 someone them. else is fighting them. So oh, then, yeah, if you're on opposite sides, then yes, you do get Yeah, fighting. that's what I'm saying. So okay. I, I am hitting I'm hitting the goblin in the head. Yeah. You're the barbarian. I'm hitting him straight on, like I'm looking at you right okay. now, and you have this weird look on your face because you're a goblin. The barbarian looks over and is like, <laughs> teleports 20 feet, teleports 20 feet. Now he's behind you. I'm in front of you. Yeah, he's gonna. That's flanking. That's what I meant. Oh yes, that. Let's hear what I hear. What I mean, not what I said. If you're using the variant rules of flanking, then yes, that would be yeah. considered flanking. That just seems like a great yeah. thing to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, you could also run behind the goblin and get flanking. True, but what if you want to use your movement for something else? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just seemed like something. I was like, hey, that'd be neat. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it was the first thing I thought of. Okay, I'm very confused as to. Uh, never. <laughs> All right, number three. I like number three. I, yeah. Just ignore me. Okay. Or ignore I can do that. I'm, I'm not sure what you're trying to get at besides it was a cool mechanic. But. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I just like it. I'm just... I never know with you when it comes to... Shut up. Read number three. Flanking. You can summon a D4 of intangible spirits that, that look, look like flumps, yes. but they're not flumps. I I guess this, this is the only way we can get flumps into the game. That's fine. Um, uh, in unoccupied spaces within 30 feet of you. But... It doesn't specify where within 30 feet of you. Correct. And then they it just... doesn't also specify who gets to decide where within 30 feet of you. I, every time I was reading this, I just assumed like right next to you, but <laughs> yeah. And then they All go right. 30 feet in a yeah. random direction. Yep. And then each spirit immediately flies 30 feet in a random direction. At the end of your turn, all spirits explode. <laughs> and each creature within five feet of one or more of them must succeed on a deck save or take 2d8. Which 2d- 2d8's a lot. 2d8 force damage. Which, yeah, I, not really. It's average of nine. <laughs> but a third level? Yeah, sure. Third level. Neat. But it's also random how many times you're actually right. going to hit anyone with it. 
Uh, who decides where these fake flumps actually appear? Right. No, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> it just seems weird. It's silly. I never noticed that <laughs> until just now that it doesn't specify who, like, it doesn't even specify, like, closest to you. Like, the closest 30 feet with it. All right. Neat. <laughs> and then you better hope it just doesn't go 30 feet random directly towards you. Yeah. Now, it does specify in a random direction. So, that, uh, most people are going to think 1D8, like, uh, like the eight squares around someone and mm-hmm. then flying off. But they can also just go up. So, if you're also taking into account that they can go up and, like, at angles up and... Uh, like, these, this is just a useless thing that's going to happen. I right. mean, like, basically, like, fireworks happen whenever you rage. <laughs> and that's 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 about how useful it's going to be. I, I can't see it. I just thought it was funny. It doesn't have any yeah. real. It's just well, random direction can literally be like down through the ground as well. Yep, and then it's just exploding under your feet. It's like, oh, that was a useful flump. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's flumps. Probably why it's flumps. Useless. Yeah. All right, got it. Speaking of deep dive on the flump in the show notes. Yep. Uh, next up, you get arcane. Energy that enshrouds you, plus two to bonus, plus two bonus to AC, and whenever a creature within ten feet of you hits you with an attack, they take force damage equal to your con modifier. So anywhere from like you now plus zero to plus five damage, or for your con that they'll take every time they hit you, which seems ridiculous when it's an auto hit. It's not a reaction or anything, yeah. so it's just that's really going to hurt monsters with a lot of uh, that focus on multi attack and doing small bits of damage, right? When it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to hit you like five times. Oh, God. <laughs> I, my monsters would immediately be like, we're not hitting you anymore. Yeah, let's we're going to go over there and beat up your stupid wizard. Hey, there's a wizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, um, for example, I mean, uh, Path of Berserker. Third level, you get Frenzy. And during your rage, you get to make a attack bonus on each of your actions after your original bonus. Great. It, th- to me, those two are kind of comparable. The wild uh whatever we want to call it the fey barbarian it's a little more powerful but at least there there's a penalty at the end of that when your rage ends as a berserker you take a level of exhaustion here you just it's all bonus seems a little overpowered to me comparatively well it's not all bonus if you go down to the next one at number five plant life grows around you and yeah that's 10 feet within you is difficult terrain so you know that affects your your friends as much as it affects yeah. your foes. Well, in that, I was just comparing apples to apples. Yeah. You know, if you landed on that, if you got rolled a four, how it compares to something else. That's all. Yeah, the plant life, I was just like, wow, they were really reaching for a a negative <laughs> kind of thing. That seemed weird. A difficult terrain could be useful if you're dealing with zombies with a speed of 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. Uh it it's it's it would be nice if in a specific situation you rolled it and you were trying to block a doorway from monsters from getting into. You're really reaching now. Yeah. Uh there isn't much to say about that one. Uh nope. number six. Uh each creature within thirty feet of you must succeed on wisdom saving throw, or you see a glimpse of the creature's thoughts, learning how it plans to attack you. As a result, the creature has disadvantage on attack rolls against you until the start of your next turn. Which is kinda I was just thinking it's like he has a big sword. I'm going to read his thoughts. <laughs> He's going to hit me with the big sword. <laughs> he has disadvantage. Now I was like, yeah, cool. Yay. But that one seems to fit. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I mean, like that one. It's more than just he's going to swing his sword at me. He's going to, you know, go low, go high, all that type of stuff. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but I was also, another thought that entered my mind was, all creatures within 30 feet. So, if, like, one of your allies is like, perfect. Now my evil plan has come <laughs> to fruition. It's like, 
shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, where's the rogue? Where is he? <laughs> the, uh, no, but I think that one fits in. I think that's a good third level yeah, one. Yeah, and it only lasts for a right. round. Yeah. Which I wish the, like, the arcane energy in shrouding you, I wish only lasted for a round. Mm-hmm. Or the plant life growing around you lasts for a round. Right. Or, you know, or the I mean, teleporting around only lasts a round. Right, because you're already raging. I mean, you're getting the benefits of raging already on top of this. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it just lasts for too long. Um, All right, seven shadows around your weapon. Yes, uh, you now get psychic damage to bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing damage on your weapon, mm-hmm. which is very handy for overcoming damage. Uh, uh, resistances and immunities to non-magical weapons. I like it, but this is where we get we go down the we go down the path of what? But it gains the light and thrown properties with a normal range of twenty over sixty. Uh, if you drop the weapon or throw it, the weapon dissipates and reappears in your hand at the end of your turn. Uh, what? Uh, I guess it's nice because most barbarians don't have many range options beyond I throw a spear at it. So but a just... spear already is like, uh, it's either 20, 60, or thirty ninety. So it's like uh... so they're just gonna launch their their two-handed sword at something and just be like boop <laughs> uh at the end of your turn so if they have extra attack they can only throw it once and then at the end of their turn it'll return back to their hands right but still i mean that if you're a barbarian that's going to be kind of fun you know what i mean if yeah so if you're 60 feet if the creatures are 60 feet away from you and you have 40 feet of movement and you know you're not going to be able to get there you just launch your sword at them hit them and then run forward yeah pretty much yeah, you. The image. Well, it, you would run forward first, so then and you're then not throw. in the disadvantage right. area, and then you would chuck it at them. It just it it just makes me laugh. It seems yeah. it's very situational, and I don't think it's actually that useful. Like the light thrown property, I do think that being able to do psychic damage instead of bludgeoning, slashing, or piercing it's is very great. strong. Yep. Unless you're fighting a construct, and then it's like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like, let me drop this rage real quick. Yeah. Can I roll again? Uh, all right. And then the last one you're complaining about is the brilliant light lancing from your chest in a big line. What? Lines are stupid. What are you? Are you like Voltron and you're shooting the thing on the beam of light well, out of your the chest? the problem with this is, you know, when you're raging, like this happens as you're raging. And so I think there's <laughs> going to be a lot of policing involved between like the DM and the player. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to run forward and rage. And it's like. Ooh, I rolled this one. I'm going to shoot the line here. It's like, no, you fucking won't. You were running <laughs> forward. You can't just turn sideways because you know you're going to shoot out a beam of electricity. Like, <laughs> I think most of the time it's going to be fairly useful, useless, except it might hit like one or two characters. But line effects uh, are a worse option than their like spherical or cube-shaped brethren right. because it is... Uh, a lot harder for you to hit people with with a line attack than it is for you to hit in a big sphere. Yeah, if it was a sixty foot cone, then I'd be like, what sixty the foot fuck? cone would be fun. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, I I see this more as something where like you're just like you're raging, you're hitting it, and you're hitting it, and you're like, man, this is boring. I'm just gonna pop this light beam out of my chest for one turn. Just fuck them, <laughs> then yeah. I'll go back to hitting you. <laughs> I don't know. It it. it... It just... I don't get why they did this. The whole chart. I'm like, what? Why? Uh, because wild magic sorcerer? Yeah, I get it, but they're, play a wild magic sorcerer then. I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of most of these. There's a couple that are very useful and a couple I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? And, uh, I don't know. And also, I, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth about, um, number eight where you have that light beam shoot out of you, like, 
how much should you police that? Like, how much warning does a barbarian have that they're going to shoot out some light beam? Like, should I allow the player to be like, yeah, I'm going to, ooh, I rolled this. Can I, can I, like, shift my chest a little bit so I can hit more? It's like, do I, like, how strict do you need to be about, is this like an immediate thing when you rage and it uh, pops out and people can are you, sad? So in other words, can you move and then use the, use it? You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you have, when you-, you enter your rage, roll in the wild search table. So that makes me think it's kind of like an immediate effect. So you really wouldn't have time to position, but it's also like, well, uh, guys, I wasn't perfectly lined up. Because no one's going to be like, all right, one out of eight times, I really got to line everything up. Right. Roll. Ah, nope, didn't happen this time. And then, you know, you keep doing it. It's like, maybe next time <laughs> I'll get them all lined up. I'm not a huge fan of the lol random table. I can mm-hmm. understand why some people are, but it also, there's a problem of it's going to grind combat to a halt. Yes. Especially if you summon four flumps and you're like, all right, <laughs> which direction are they going? Wait, they- wait, wait. First, let's let's debate how to which squares they're going to appear in and then let's debate which direction they're going to go in and I, that's when you're just like you're behind the dm screen you just roll some dice you don't even look at them you're like they all go up yeah. <laughs> well i think a better thing would have been that the uh these intangible spirit flumps uh are inside of you and then they erupt out and 30 and like a and fly off 30 feet away but the problem with that is if you're like right up against your enemies and you summon the flumps of doom they're just going to shoot right past your enemies and then just harmlessly explode way far away. And it's like the flumps don't stop when they reach an enemy. They just keep yeah, going until they get to 30 feet and then they explode. Yeah, what if they if they hit a, a solid object, they explode or something. Uh, I, but that goes against the whole concept of the Fae anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. They're flumping, I guess. All <laughs> it's right. not a verb. My favorite part of this subclass, yeah, this the is... magic reserves. What? Uh, At 6th level, you can channel the magic surging inside of you into other creatures. As an action, you can touch a creature, roll a d4, and that creature is going to recover an expended spell slot level equal to the number rolled. Uh, If they can't regain a spell slot at that level, uh, the creature instead gains temporary hit points. You always take force damage equal to 5 times the number rolled, and when you reach 14th level in this class, you increase the die to a d6. Uh, It does not have a limit to the amount of times that you can do this. Which pretty much means if you're with a life cleric, after every battle, you're just going to go hang out with your buddy mm. and boop, heal yourself. Because the average healing of a cure wounds at whatever level you recover them at is going to be more than enough to cover up the damage you're going to take from this. Because so you, it's basically touch you, spell slot, heal, yeah. touch you, spell slot, heal. And then when you're done, you just load them back up again. Yeah. Well, a, a life cleric. If you, a life cleric is pretty strong when it comes to healing. Mm -hmm. So when you take the five force damage uh, from rolling a one on a d4, the life cleric can then use a first level spell to cure wounds to heal you 10.5 HPs. Right. Or even a non life cleric can heal you for an average of 7.5 with an assumed plus three to their wisdom modifier. Okay. Second level. You take 10 points of damage. On average, they can heal you 16 health as a life cleric. Right. At third level, you take 15. At a third level spell slot, they can heal you an average of 21.5 hit points. Right. At fourth level, you would take, or fourth level spell, you would take 20 points of force damage. They would be able to heal you up 27 health. So it's going to be a slow process, but that's also average. (laughs) So they're always going to heal you more than you take damage for. So you on average, yeah. So you just spend five minutes, and 
slowly heal yourself up and it doesn't cost them anything because you're giving them spells right and you don't have to be raging yeah it's just whatever yeah it's a bit rough and even a non-life cleric uh, it's a little bit uh tighter as it were but uh a first level spell they can heal 7.5 second level 12 third 16.5 and then a fourth the average that they can heal on a cure wounds is 21 and that doesn't get into the fact that if you have a druid in the party and they're doing healing spirit then everyone gets 1d6 uh for 10 rounds and so it's just like a big conga line going through that and you can upcast it so then you heal even more with the big giant conga line so it's just it's kind of nullifying the point that you're even taking damage because while yes you took a little bit of damage the average of all these rolls an average of 35 on 10d6 you're just gonna heal it right back up and so at the end of every combat I would be shocked and aghast if my players weren't like, well, I'm down a hit point. Let me go ahead and slap the cleric yeah. a little so he heals me. Yeah, there, I, I, I'm amazed that there's no, you can use this, you know, yeah. two times plus half your blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The, the, that's missing. Yeah, the amount of damage you take is not that great that it's a, that it's a downside because a... A D4 is nothing. Yeah. Well, a, At six level. Yeah. F- uh, five times... For 20, 20 HP, like 20 force damage is not that big of a deal. Nope. When your buddy, the life cleric, can just go ahead and slap you for an average of 27. Like, See, and I, I, I went a different way with this, you know, where you're in the middle of combat and the barbarian is just like, eh, and the wizard's kind of in the back whining and whining. And finally, the barbarian's like, Guys, you know I'm what? a magic missile. Yeah, he's just like, fuck this. And he just walks back and he goes, all right, I will touch you if you only cast fireball. And the wizard's just like, that's all I want to do anyways. So he just stands next to him, slaps him, fireball. Hey, this is great. I don't have to do shit. Slaps him, fireball. I mean. <laughs> well, you have to roll a three or four on the D4. Yeah, but still. <laughs> I I mean, if I'm a wizard, I am making best friends with this guy and just being like, this is my dream. All I get to do is cast fireballs. I can die happy. Well, it's like, really, as a wizard, I'd want to be able to dissect him and find this weird magic bladder that he can (laughs) do so I can just, like, drip it on myself during combat. I just just imagine the barbarian just pulling up a rock, sitting down, slapping him on the ass, (laughs) fireball. (laughs) You got this, buddy. Yeah, I mean. Or a shatter. Or a magic missile. Yeah, exactly. There's... There's just so many ways that this can be well, this I, can be abused. Another problem is that sixth level people don't have access to a fourth level spell slot. So if you roll that, you're just giving them uh, twenty temporary hit points, yeah. which fine. Then you just roll again. Like it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, but it, when you get to fourteenth level, yeah. So at fourteenth, you get a D six. Which means that they could theoretically have multiple six level spells in the day, mm-hmm. which I. I think you only get a second level, sp- uh, six level spell slot. You only get a second six level spell slot at 17th, I think. I don't know. Or 18th level. So that seems weird. But still. <sighs> it, it just seems easily exploitable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why it was released in this UA and the way that it is. Yes, I agree 100%. So if what, how many spell. What level spell slots do you have at sixth level if you're... We did cleric. You have, you have third level spells at that point. You have third levels if you're a wizard, sorcerer... Any full casters. That's a lot. What would be the best spell that you would cast if you were... Healing spirit as a druid. Because no, no, then no. I can just heal all the it, entire party. All right, you did, you did the cleric and the druid, but I'm talking oh. about offensive, annoying people that play... Just whatever spells that that person currently casts. I mean, it... 
not like you get back any. Like, no, no. What I'm saying is, what would your favorite be? Like, if you were playing the wizard, what would you just be like? I'm going to spam the shit out of this. Come stand next to me, barbarian. There, are, uh, third level has a ton of great yeah. spells to begin with. I mean, you got haste, you got fireball, yet uh, slow. I think um, lightning bolt. If you're into line spells, it's it depends on the situation. I know, but see, but for me, it's just fireball. I'm that guy that just would rather just cast beads of light, beads of fire at people, and watch them explode. Yeah, it's. I- I, I don't know. I think it's, it gets rid of the big drawback of being a wizard is that you have a lot of resource management. Mm-hmm. And when you make best friends with a barbarian that gets rid of the resource management part of it, then they, yeah. I you, think, know, you just go berserk because uh, at sixth level, you have three third level spell slots. Yeah. So, you know, you first encounter against like two goblins, you're just like fireball. All right, come here, buddy. Yeah. I mean, and that's, <laughs> I don't mind if it hurts you a little bit. That's the barbarian. I mean, if the barbarian, the wizard just hangs out in the back. He's like, you know, twiddling his thumbs. Barbarian starts beating the shit out of him. He's just like, I'm tired of this. And he walks back. Now, I get it. The barbarian's going to continue to take force damage while you're doing this. But again, it's easily healed. Right. So I just wish there had been a cap on it per short or long. I think it should be like con modifier or one plus con modifier. Right. That would have been. I think that solves that problem, but still don't like it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we could complain about it all day. Yep. And make up stupid things. Let's go on to the next one. Arcane Rebuke. At 10th level, uh, when a creature forces you to make a saving throw, any saving throw, doesn't specify magical that, right. spells, saving throw. While you're raging, you can use your reaction to deal 3d6 force damage to that creature. It also doesn't specify a range. So I was thinking to myself, what if I just accidentally scryed in on the barbarian at the wrong time? Because <laughs> barbarians have the worst wisdom save. So this is a good time to like look as to what the party's doing, and then the barbarian's just like, Ah! <laughs> and you get 3d6 points of damage just like what the fuck i didn't go that deep into it but um but it also the there there does come a problem though where uh you cast hold person on the barbarian do they get the reaction because a paralyzed person does not get reactions and so it's kind of like well is it happening as i'm making the saving throw or is it happening after i make the saving throw when does the reaction happen do i get to hurt them because if I do, I get to automatically make them make a concentration check, and they might fail it, and then I don't have to worry about being paralyzed, and it's a, even more of a grinding of the table to a halt, where it's like, but you're paralyzed, so you can't take your reaction, but I should be able to take my reaction when I'm doing the saving throw, shouldn't I? So then spell isn't technically going on, and it just seems frustrating to me. I think they should have been more defined about as to when you roll, when yep. you have this reaction. Is it before or after the saving throw because it just says when a creature forces you to make a saving throw while you're raging what are your thoughts on reactions i love reactions as a player to get them i think they're great the reactions are good i mean they're uh an important part for some monsters yeah yeah i know i found out the hard way a couple times um it seems i don't know i, I get that it's at uh also, I put down even non-magical saves. So those poor wolves that like try to drag you down to the ground, just like I'm going to make you prone. It's like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. And I get that it's at tenth level, but tenth level, well, it doesn't seem like three d six force damage is a lot compared to some of the other tenth it's a level free reaction when normally you don't get a reaction. Right. I mean, not when when you're face to face with things. Normally, you don't get that attack of opportunity, so it's nice to automatically deal three d six damage. Yeah, but would you? Re- I mean, as a barbarian, knowing you're going in as a barbarian and you yeah. just like to hit things, would you? I mean, tenth level zealot gets uh, ten creatures of your choice within sixty feet that can hear you gain advantage on attack rolls and saving 
so everybody gets advantage in your party, hopefully. Um, for how long? Until the start of your next turn. And you can only use it once per long rest. Uh, well. You know, and I'm just going. It does seem a, it, it seems a little weaker unless you know you're about to get blasted from a, a spellcaster. Right. But um, I mean, in the, but I'm just looking at the other, a 10th level on the, on the, where is it? The totem, you get commune with nature as a ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, eh. I mean, what? <laughs> it's a bit strong for a, uh, compared to what the else, other, other that, and that's what, that's what I'm comparing it to. It's like, uh, Storm Herald, you get to protect creatures, a, a, each creature of your choice as resistance to damage gained from the Storm Soul, soul Speecher while the creature is in your aura. It just, I'm going through, I was, that's what I kept getting me as I go through the other, the other subclasses of Barbarian and then I look at these and I'm like, Wow, that's a big jump in what they get. And yeah. I get what you said before where they, you know, they're purposely doing that, but I'm like, wow. Yeah, it it struck me it, it was the first thing that struck me when I went through this. It is very strong, especially as one of the only ways to tie down a barbarian is to make them make those saving mm-hmm. throws. And so, now that you're giving them a way to tank through saving throws, it's it's uh very strong for a barbarian. So, I I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the wild soul barbarian. Yeah. I'm I feel like this one is not completely thought through when it comes to its abilities mm-hmm. compared to other things that it's getting. I like the things that you get. Though I will say at fourteenth level, we'll we'll go to that one right. real quick. Uh it feels a little lackluster. As a bonus action, you can re roll on the wild search table, replacing your current effect with a new one. So you would rage, and then instead of making maybe an offhand attack or something, or uh, or I don't remember what bonus actions barbarians use a lot, but basically you rage, and then your next turn you're like, eh, I don't really like this effect. Or, hey, this effect is only one turn, let me go ahead and re-roll yeah. on that and see what happens. Like, great, now we're dealing more with the table. Yay. Yeah. And I was looking at this, and I was thinking to myself, they, the and first thing that came to my mind is switch arcane rebuke and chaotic fury. Uh, I I just feel like it it becomes them using their bonus action every turn so that they can get either the Shoot. teleport twenty feet, get a bunch of I mean, get they could get lined all up. the temporary <laughs> hit points and then switch over to a next one on their next turn and right. then just it, it just feels like they're just going to keep rolling on that table until they get something that they like or the combat ends right or they're always going to try and shoot for the uh, the teleport as a bonus action. Or they get the plus two to bonus AC, and whenever a creature hits mm-hmm. them, they deal force damage. Like it, it just seems like that—that's all they're going to be going for. Is just like those two or three different ones on the table, and they just keep rolling until they and, get the ones they want. Yeah. So if you love to roll dice, this is one of your characters. This is one of your classes. Yeah, but there are so many. Go brute if you really just want to roll a bunch yeah, of dice. Exactly. Then you can just throw dice on the table. And be like that's all the damage I did. <laughs> Someone else counted for me. <laughs> I, the. Two other things that came that I was thinking about when I was doing this, and I guess you can talk, and then we'll get to the monk. Is it felt to me that when I look at the barbarian and I look, I would always go totem warrior and take bear. Bear seems just nuts. Yeah, bear is very strong, right, uh, for a barbarian. And a lot of people say you're playing barbarian wrong if you don't go bear, right. And so now I'm thinking that I feel like they were just like, well, let's have something that people won't take bear totem instead. Let's Mix it up a little bit. Because honestly, if I was a barbarian and I got to third level, those would be my two choices. You know? I mean, the, the, this and, you know, Totem Warrior would be 
that's what I come. That's what I would choose from. You know, now because this is this is nuts. <laughs> this would be fun. I mean, this this uh, shooting light out of my chest while you know a tenth level. You know, while I am using a reaction to fuck the wizard over, and you know, there, there's so much shit. It's like wow. they forgot to put. And I guess that's the second thing. If they put caps, if they would put caps on everything, yeah, you know, if they said you can, like we talked about, you can even at fourteenth level, you can't as a bonus action just keep re-rolling. You can do it three times before a long rest, something to just make it so that they just can't repeat it over and over again. I don't know. And then even then, uh, like re-rolling, and then you roll the beam of <laughs> line know. magic from your chest, like. <laughs> Oh, great. Now I have to be like, no, you weren't facing that way because that's your fucking friends. Why? Are you? That that doesn't make any sense that you were facing that way. Like, right. you know, like, <laughs> again, you had to go back into police and like, you were attacking this guy. You were facing him. Yeah. It's like, no, I think I was facing this line of people right, right. to my left. It's like, yeah. no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. You no, weren't it's... attacking any of them. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it's, uh... it's like, no, I, I attack uh, from the side. From a DM standpoint, you're going to have a lot of players just arguing with you about this, I'm sure. Uh, but, I mean... I mean, you're not going to have that many arguments if your players are considerate people and not, you know, uh, assholes. I guess that's right. the point. Argument <laughs> is maybe the wrong word. Debate yes. on what was going on. I, I, I don't know. I'm... You're really I don't having a like problem. The barbarian. You're really having a hard time with the fight, the light out of the chest. I'm just, I'm I the just, visual I have in my mind of that is crazy. I just, I, I see way too many ways to exploit this subclass. Yeah, and I think it could be, and I, I think it could easily be fixed uh, by just uh, adding in a couple of caps and being a little bit more specific in the words that they're using to specify. Hey, when do you take this reaction? Hey, do you, right. like, does the barbarian, when they're about to unleash a surge of line energy out of their chest, do they have warning so that they can line themselves up? Right. For it? Like, or does it happen instantaneously when you yeah. go into a rage? Yeah. It, yep. it doesn't say immediately, so I can see where there might be arguments for that. Because mm-hmm. there are certain things that say immediately, where you, you have a clearer line as to when it's going to happen. And I think they need to drop the word immediately in a couple of times into this. Nope, I agree. Yeah, it, one or two simple changes in some wording or a, additional lines of rules or me, to add to the mechanics, yeah. I think we'll solve it. But again, it's UA. That's why, you know. Yeah. Well, like Arcane Rebuke, the entire passage is when a creature forces you to make a saving throw while you are raging, you can use a reaction. It doesn't specify when you get to use that reaction, and mm-hmm. so there can be a lot of confusion, especially if it's something that's going to stop that character from being able to use their reaction, like hold person. In which case, you want that reaction to happen while you're making the saving throw. Right. You don't want it to happen after you right. make the saving throw, because if you fail, then you don't you're, get to use There's no reaction. reaction, right. So it's I, it is annoys me that this is not more specific when they have said over and over specificity is important in the way they write and like jeremy crawford has done tons of sage advice where it's like no the words specifically spell out right. this happens whereas it does not specify in here and i think it and when you're a mechanics freak like you are it drives you crazy <laughs> you mean all right rules help us hold together these are the <laughs> rules we all agree to and if we don't have rules there's just anarchy out on the table well there's a there's and then no one respects my authority and then i have to get angry yeah i know Throwing dice, <laughs> screaming at us. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Taking up your player's handbook and ripping it in half in front of you. 
it, all and, while making eye contact to assert my dominance. Yeah, I'm looking away from you right now. <laughs> the and that's the thing for using our table as an example. We have a there. There is a lot of healthy debate back and forth, and you are a reasonable person when it comes to a lot of stuff. And eventually, Don't we know them. <laughs> we can eventually wear you down. We're just like, but, but, but. But, and you're like, fine, just, just, I want to keep the game going. We've been in the same battle for two and a half hours. But I can see people getting really pissed off if you're a DM where you're just like, please shut the fuck up. I told you how it works. My rule is law. Yeah, exactly. Don't make me come off this ivory throne and beat you. <laughs> come out from behind my file cabinets. I got the scepter on purpose so I could beat you with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we spend more than half an hour on the barbarian, let's jump over to the monk. The monk. Actually, I think we were talking about the barbarian for like 45 minutes. Excellent. We'll have to cut some of that back. He'll just cut my voice out of her. Yeah, so it'll just be me talking. All right. So I feel about monks the way you feel about barbarians. I'm like, I eh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the monk. I think they actually did a good job on this as far as rules mechanically writing and um, making it... Uh, a viable monk. Well, I mean monks in general as a class. Oh, yeah, I don't like monks. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, I mean, to those of you that play monks, I think monks are a fine class choice, and uh, it's just not right for me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't <laughs> I don't play them. That was Actually, nice, I was just nice like, recovery. Are you going to flip that around when you edit it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just listened to GM Word of the Week where they were talking about... They just released the, the episode on the monk today, so that was very... Okay. Uh, they, they're kind of talking about its inspiration, how it came to be in D and D. And it was a very interesting look. Um, and I felt vindicated when they were also saying they didn't like the monk. So it's funny. Cause if you go back to, uh, cause it was introduced in one E and nobody played it. Yeah. Well, it's it always called weak. And yeah. unfortunately five E carries that banners of a weaker monk. And Mike Merles has said many times on his Mike Merles Happy Fun Hour when he used to do them, no longer that he does them for some weird reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he he always said that he wanted uh, future monk subclasses <laughs> to be more uh, to be stronger, right? Which I have a bit of a problem with because at what point is the monk subclasses that are stronger your only choices when it comes to playing a monk character, right? But again, that kind of comes down to, you know, you talk to the DMs like, hey, I want to play this monk character. I know he's a little bit underpowered. It's just, but I don't want him to die immediately. And then the DM has to recognize, hey, this character is very excited to play like a uh, a shadow monk or an elemental monk. And I, I should readjust how combats work and make sure that he gets the spotlight or he or she gets the spotlight in combat to make sure that they feel like badasses. <laughs> or you're just like, I'll kill him right off. They can roll a new character. Uh, your monk decided to be a farmer. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Yes, this monk basically allows you to summon an astral self, which is like a spiritual avatar of whoever you are on the inside, which for all the edgelords out there is probably like a oh, weird God. demon creature with yeah. weird black helmet with glowing red eyes. And I don't know. I actually, I just imagine it's Shiva. Uh, so like everyone <laughs> just like summons like Shiva behind them with all of her arms and just like it's like slamming down on people and murdering people and what was that horrible movie that what's his name did that did uh snatch um can't think of his name it was the remake of the king arthur movie uh jude law plays like the bad uncle and he 
basically this is basically what he does to summon himself for to be a warrior and he's just like in this massive black armor with these red glowing eyes and he's just like the epitome of evil i'm like yeah that's every person that's gonna no one's gonna like summon themselves to be like a shining ball of light play a paladin yeah what uh, i don't know this movie seems weird it 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 makes me think of uh like they have like a big astral mech suit yeah Exactly. They just like walk around like this mech suit just like appears around them. But it takes you to 17th level to get the whole mech suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, right. Actually, now I'm just imagining like a Warforged that then has like a bigger Warforged on top of them. <laughs> it's like, I don't oh, know what God. inspires me. <laughs> it's just me. All right. So third level, you get your arms. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> and this is this. This just starts off bad in my mind. Uh, it, I think it's fine. Um, at. I have actual paper. Um, at third level, uh, you can spend two key points as a bonus action to summon the arms of your astral self for ten minutes. Ten minutes just seems yes, weird. Ten minutes. I feel like it should be one minute or maybe an hour, but requires concentration. Yeah, and I wrote that down too. I was like, ten minutes is a strange time. I mean, how many battles are you going to get into in ten minutes? Usually, you fight one, and then you're like, oh, we're going to take a short rest, or we're going to what? You don't. There's no. Yeah. It seems like it's useless for that amount of time. I mean, there's a couple of, like, small things that help you outside of combat, but there's only, like, one or two of those abilities. So, yeah, it does seem weird that's ten minutes. I guess if you're, like, running through a dungeon, as a monk, you're just like, go, go, go! Usually <laughs> the guy's, like, spl- sprinting from room to room. It's like, no, we're going to get all ten rooms in yeah. while I have this up. Now, the the other part that just the description of it's weird. Yeah, it's They spe- hover near your shoulders. The spectral arms hover near your shoulders. That's weird to me. Uh, and... Uh, the like biggest thing to the side above them. Where are they? Wherever are you, you want them. Are to you be. halfway octopus now? Yes, that's bizarre. You look like Shiva. It's weird. I find it weird. <laughs> you look like a forearm Shiva. <laughs> uh, the mechanical benefits of these astral arms is you can use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength modifier when making strength checks or strength saving throws, which is pretty good. I mean, you're not going to have too many strength saving throws or strength checks inside of combat and there's a couple of spells that require strength saving throws but it's really just you get knock prone or you get pushed around a little bit there's nothing really big yeah for that type of stuff i i guess it's good if you want to play like a, gla- a grappler monk uh because then you can use your wisdom as part of your grappling uh for your athletics checks when you're trying to grapple people so that could be a good boost for grappling monks mm-hmm uh, your arms are considered monk weapons, which I would hope so. And they have a reach of 10 feet. So it's basically like you have a glaive on you all the time and you just can pummel people. You can hide behind your barbarian and yeah. hit people from behind them. That, that is great. I mean, I kept thinking there were so many possibilities for this. Like it's, it seems like a cartoon. You're 10 feet away from me and you're all like, you're getting ready. And then all of a sudden it's like, pop, pop. You get like the creature gets two like jabs to his face and he's like, what the fuck <laughs> well it's like uh one of the gundam wings where they're uh like they don't like sit at a console instead uh or it's like um uh pacific rim uh, yes. with guillermo del toro where they're like inside of the mech and they're like punching inside <laughs> of it and then like the big mech's like on the outside is doing it so it's literally you're 10 feet away from the mirror <laughs> punching inside your square and you just see like these huge arms flying out and, like slamming into you yeah, and then you walk five feet forward and he actually punches you in the face with his real fists yeah. i mean it's just the the visualization i had was hysterical yeah and i think that's one of the reasons why i like the astral monk so much is i think it's very flavorful Yes, the Feywild Barbarian was flavorful, but I think it, the mechanics of it just kind of soured its flavor for yeah. me. It's closing uh, the eyes and picturing it that just makes me shake my head and smile. 
All right, keep going. Uh, the next thing is, um, oh, part of the, you get a reach of 10 feet. They now deal radiant or necrotic. Your choice, which is really good um, because you get a kind of an early level uh, bypass non-magical, uh, or you can bypass resistances and immunities to non-magical weapons, mm-hmm. which is nice. It's handy. Uh, eventually, you'll be able to bypass that level six anyways, but this is just very helpful. Plus, if you're up against undead, then you know not to use necrotic, you know to use radiant. So right. it has a bit of flexibility built in there for you. Why? Then I had this down here. Why would you use, you get the, you, when you attack with the arms, you can use your wisdom modifier instead of your strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls. Yeah. Isn't your dexterity, if you're playing a monk, wouldn't a majority of the time your dexterity be higher than your wisdom? Sometimes it just kind of depends on how you're doing it. I mean, okay. if, if you really want a, um, uh, the wisdom modifier uh, influences a lot of their, uh, like their save DCs mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So it might be, I mean, if you know that you want to play an astral monk, then you might not make, you might make wisdom your highest because you know, in right. times of important battles, you can throw your wisdom in there. But I would think that either strength or dex would probably equal your wisdom yeah. a lot of the times. But you're also only a D8 for your hit dice. So you might be like, well, I'm going to focus less on dex and put it in con and wisdom as my main two. Uh, and you know, I'll eventually get strength or dex up a little bit higher, okay. uh, depending. So uh, it seemed like a throw sometimes. in, you know, it was just like, man, I, I would I have think been, f- it's, it, it provides a little bit more versatility as to the way that you're going to stat up your monk. I, I just would have been fine if they just stopped at, yeah. you know, they're you, 10 feet and radiant necrotic. And well, it, it, it helps a monk be less multi-attribute dependent yeah. and mm-hmm. allows them to focus more on wisdom as opposed to having to focus on a bunch of little attributes all over the place. Okay. So I, it's a nice quality of life thing, but it, I don't think it's going to make or break no. the uh, how strong this Just kind of felt like a throw-in. Yeah. Uh, the third thing that you get is... Um, after you use the attack action using your astral arms, you can make one extra attack with the astral arms as a bonus action, <laughs> which isn't that powerful at third level because you can already make you can already make an unarmed strike as a bonus action as a monk. But this allows you to stay you know, ten, ten feet, feet away, away and just punching them. You know, a far. three a three punch combo is pretty solid in the boxing world. Well, that's so. only at fifth level you get the three punch combo. <laughs> third level, you still only have those two attacks. Yeah, but it still makes um, it still makes me laugh. You can't do flurry of blows with the astral arms yet, but that's fine. You can save it for when you aren't going mm-hmm. uh, Shiva. <laughs> when you aren't growing the extra arms and punching people, you can save those flurry of blows for later. So that that's not too bad. Yeah, except most of the time when you're doing this, if you're going to do this, I mean, the higher levels, you just start, I mean, you have to, as we roll into, you know, the, uh, the visage of astral self, you have to have the arms yeah. to... So, yeah, to do so. stuff. Um, and now this uh, this is pretty good as it just makes sure that the monk is still usable in mm-hmm. combat and not just oh I only get to attack once. So right. this just allows them to uh, bonus action attack. So I mean they're not going to do exploding amounts of damage, but no. they are going to do a good bit of damage and be able to stay out of reach of enemies. Yep. This isn't going to be great for lizard folk monks because lizard folks can do a d6 on their bite attack and a monk's weapon is a d4 martial die. So Lizard folk monks might not like this at, you know, up to, I think, four, uh, at fifth level, they increase their monk damage die. So lizard folk monks might be like, oh, I guess I can do it. But I mean, they only have to suffer for two levels and then they'll be golden. That's pretty narrow. Yeah, super narrow. <laughs> I was just thinking about lizard folk monks. Uh, All right. Sixth level. Um, on your turn, you can spend one key point as a bonus action 
or as a part of summoning your astral arms. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. You're not having to waste two bonus actions trying to get your form all right. together. You don't have to waste that huge amount uh, or that very sparse amount of time with inside of yeah. 10 minutes to summon this. And you uh, get a spectral visage that covers your face like a helmet or mask. So now the edgelord is even coming even to more yep. fruition. And you get that whole 10 minutes again. Yep. Uh, while your visage is summoned, you gain the following benefits. You have advantage on insight or intimidation, or insight and intimidation checks, which <laughs> handy outside of combat. Uh, and you can see normally in darkness, both magical and non-magical, to a distance of 120 feet. Which means if you go drow monk, drows can innately cast darkness. And then you just summon your uh, your uh, edgelord helmet, and now you can see in that darkness, and you just like run up to people. They are plunged in the magical darkness. They can't see, and so you're just like wailing the shit out of them yeah. with advantage and they have disadvantage on trying to hit you and they can't see you and it's just like i'm the night i am the darkness you <laughs> can't defeat me i'm gonna have to be writing these down to be playing these uh yeah i i, I think it's just a very fun combo and i also handy i like this one just mainly for selfish reasons because in our campaigns Someone's always fucking casting magical darkness when we're in the middle of a battle or on top of us. It's very be- handy. Because they're like, hey, I can go, I can see in the magical darkness. And like three of the other people at the table are like, yeah, but we can't. <laughs> and they're like, so? And they, they're like, I'm going to run around and attack. I'm like, I can't even figure out how to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so for selfish reasons, I was like, oh, I'd fucking take that just so I could be like, fuck you. <laughs> I, I think it's fun, and also it has uses inside and outside of mm-hmm. of uh, combat. So, does it feel nice. appropriate for six level or not? It, it felt a little weaker than the other monks subcla- subclass for I, level six. But I think just looking by itself, it feels a little weaker. But but the fact that you can also like it's just an extra key point to summon this along with your right. arms. It's like I might as well just go ahead and spend that key point. Yep, because at six level I'm already going to have uh, six key points, so right. it only takes half my key to do this. I can still do stunning strikes, or I can still uh, whatever it is that monks use with their key points. Right. I, I mean the know. two the two that made me think I was like eh, were uh, way of the shadow where dim light or darkness you can basically teleport sixty feet. You can do what Arya. Hey, hey, hey! Spoilers! <laughs> God, I have to cut that out. If you haven't watched it by now. I, There's something wrong with you. You know, things exist in the future. I'm talking new to people, everybody. new experiences happen. I mean, so you can. <laughs> you know, there's a hundred percent of people that listen to our podcast has not yet seen Game of Thrones, and so you just all twelve of them. I'm going to put a beep over that section. I don't okay. know how to do it yet, but I'm going to so, figure it out. Sixty feet and advantage. That seems more powerful. What was the other one I was looking at? Is it? Uh, yeah, and I would rather have. I would. I just would rather have some of the. Uh, you know, like way of the open hand, six, six level, you get to heal yourself as an action equal to three times your monk level. So you're healing yourself for 18 hit points. That's pretty sweet. Now you can only use it for a long rest, Ooh, but I like that. Hit I like that better than seeing in the dark. Uh, I, I, I don't. And when I, I'm in I the, think it's a good ability at six level. I know. Don't get me wrong. I like it. It just doesn't seem on the same level as the other six level stuff. Uh, a six level subclass abilities. So it was like, uh, I feel like they got cheated a smidge. Nah, I, I, uh, I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, the, the monks don't, uh, it was just a note I had. I mean, you can, I mean, is 18 hit points really that big of a deal? 
when I hit you for 20 over yeah, and over and over is. again. Yeah, it is. Uh, pl- well, and again, if you're in my party where some asshole's casting darkness on top of everybody, I love it. That's so. Anyways, let's move on to, let's see. 11th level. Yes. Awakening of the astral self. Yeah, uh, 11th level, you tap into the greater power of your astral self, and you can summon astral arms and, or when you have both summoned astral arms and your visage, you gain the following benefits. So you get extra things just for spending three key three, points. Yeah, that's, and that's great. Uh, you can deflect energy, um, acid, cold, fire, light, inner force, and you can use your reaction to deflect it. Uh, when you do so, you can reduce the damage by 1d10 plus your wisdom plus your monk level. Which is a lot. So at 11th level, you're looking at a max of 26 points if you have a 5 wisdom modifier. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, like it. Uh, you can easily stop a fireball from hurting you. Well, I, actually, you have evasion, so... Uh, I like not taking damage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with evasion, though, you're likely to not take much anyway, so... It's sort of like, it's basically a bonus to your evasion. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, it has some good situational uses, especially mm-hmm. if you're like fighting a dragon. Yeah. And it requires not a deck save. Because um, uh, evasion is always going to give you either half or no damage. And right. So, I mean, if you couple this with evasion, then you're just walking out of that dragon fine. Yeah. Doing great. <laughs> um, and then... Once, uh, then you get empowered arms. Once on each of your turns, when you hit a target with your astral arms, you can deal extra damage to the target equal to your martial arts die. So that that's nice. You're, um, I think at eleventh level, you probably have a, a D eight, uh, and so you know you get to do an extra D eight point of damage. It's like a tiny little micro smite. Yeah, that <laughs> was meh on that. Well, one. I mean, I might. Ten feet away, uh, I mean, though. you get to choose when you do it, because it's once on each of your turns. It doesn't say on your first attack. So, you know, I might wait until, like, my last attack. You know, I, I gamble a little bit, you know, it, and be like, all right, I'm just going to see if I get any crits. Because <laughs> if I get a crit, that's when I'm doing it. Or I'm doing it on my last attack. You know, it's it, there's a little bit of gamble and holding off as to when you're going to do it. But if you find a crit, then you can just immediately be like, and this is when I'm doing my, yeah. my special attack. Again, the visualization I have is you're walking up to a creature, you're punching them in the face a bunch of times you're hopping back and then slapping them with your astral arms again and then you're just like oh and i'm gonna drop this on you it's just like the, the guys are gonna be like what what is going on stop hitting me well, no it's like that one arm gets yeah. like juiced up like weird veins coursing through it so like, <laughs> and at this point you are doing two attacks uh as part of your attack action and then two um bonus action bonus attacks actions. so that's kind of nice so you're doing four attacks now when you have these uh, arms up. So it's just like, brah, brah, brah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, it's funny. Uh, and then the last thing you get at 11th level, when you speak through your visage, you can direct your words to a creature of choice that can see, that you can see within 30 feet of you. So only they can hear you, or you can amplify your voice so all creatures within 600 feet can hear you. Which, what? <laughs> I guess is. <laughs> handy i mean why isn't it like if the you know why not just take out the the 600 feet what are you just yelling at people and you get that job yeah God that would be my it. astral self it would be arnold schwarzenegger from uh uh predator or was right. he in predator yeah 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 it'd be arnold schwarzenegger from predator Boy. and i would take on his accent while i'm in that but, form i mean i looked at it as like you know speak through it Direct your words at one creature, 30 feet, maybe make a saving throw or be frightened or no saving throw. Like, give it something instead of 
wow, you can yell at people from 600 feet away. Well, I'm just imagining because you have like this mask obscuring your face. They can't see that you're talking and you're just taunting the big bad evil guy. Just like, you're nothing. Your mama never loved you. (laughs) Like, who's saying that? You're just, you know. Basically, you're throwing your voice. Stand behind the wizard when you do that. Yeah, I mean, that's very impressive if you're, uh, if you have a big bad evil person that, uh, has the awakened astral self where they're standing there and they have this, like, huge astral body on them and they're just amplified their voice so you can hear it 600 feet away and they're just yelling. So you think you monologue just, at you. This is a great way for them to monologue. monologue yeah. Because <laughs> you have to get within 600 feet and only the person with the longbow can hit them. It's just like, ah, damn it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's color. Yeah. It's flavor. It's not totally useful. And there's going to be players. There's going to be players that you know are going to be like, "I'm screaming at them. Can I make an intimidation check?" And <laughs> you're going to be like, "Yeah." I would like to deafen him with my voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So then the last thing they get is at 17th level, they get to complete their astral form. Ta-da! Uh, they get to uh, instead of spending just three key points, they can spend ten key points. How many do you get at 17th level? I uh, you have 17. I, I you have one key per level. And they reset a short or long rest. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. There so you can summon your your form as a bonus action. You can summon the arms, uh, your visage, and body of your astral self for 10 minutes. Uh, and so you are complete. Your spectral body covers your physical form like a suit of armor, connecting with the arms and visage. Now the arms are like growing out of your shoulders. Yes. Well, now well, no one can ever see the shoulders now. So now it actually looks like it's like this huge body is on top of you. You have like one of those scary anime masks, like the mask from, uh, what is that? Uh, what was that show? Uh, Blacker Than our. Blacker than, darker dark, than black? darker than black. You just have that mask on. Oh, I didn't know anyone else watched that. Oh, fuck yeah. I love that show. I only watched the first season because I had to pay for the second one, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I keep thinking, like, like this huge creature's, like, you know, you see, like, fighting games where it's, like, the people are on the ground are ready to fight, and then above them is, like, they're, like, a bigger form of yeah. them. But I guess this is more of, like, it's a, um, more of a, just, like, hovering over your skin okay. kind of form for you. So, uh, I mean, you could make yourself look like a death knight, I guess. Yeah. It takes any form you want. Yeah. Right, that's, you know how many people. It would people, just be like a dog martial artist for me. You know how many people are going to draw pictures of that to be like, here's what I look like. And you're just going to be like, great. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. cool. Fantastic. Go for it. Mm. Well, do I get to make intimidation checks like every time? Evil no. Person. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do you get? <laughs> I will target you more often. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now that you have this, um, you get uh, three benefits. You gain a plus two bonus to your AC while you aren't inca- incapacitated, which is good. Yeah. I, I enjoy small bonus to the AC, uh, though that does stack with the unarmored defense of a monk, which is uh, yeah, 10 level. plus dex plus wisdom. So if you max out your dex and wisdom by 17th level, you're, you're looking at 22 AC. Yeah. So which is really good. So you're uh, bumping yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so whew, that's going to be hard to kill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then Astral Barrage, whenever you use the extra attack feature to attack twice instead of attacking three times, or instead you can attack three times with your Astral Arms. <laughs> so now just... you're getting three attacks with your, uh, with like, just bam, bam, bam. And That's also, uh, at 17th level, you can make three attacks with your bonus action offhand attack. That's where you're just like, that's so where it's just six attacks. Just do, 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 do. It's like you see like something in front of you, you just turn around and there was probably, I got this. <laughs> uh and i that that's pretty cool um yeah 
again, the visual in my head makes it worth taking because I just picture this and it makes me laugh. Well, and I was reading um, a lot of people complaining that this is way too powerful. How dare monks get six attacks? But I was doing all the math for it. And it's really not that strong. Compared Um, to, uh, depending on what feats you take as a fighter. Well, let's see. One sec. I have all the math out. So with six attacks and the extra die, you're going to do 7d10. Uh, points of damage. And right. let's assume that your wisdom is maxed out to okay. a 5. So that's going to be 30 points of damage from your wisdom modifier. So you're looking at an average of 68.5 points of damage per uh, per turn. Minimum of 37 and a max of 100. <laughs> Whereas a regular monk uh, that does not have this astral form and they can only take 4 attacks when they do flurry blows, uh, that's 40-10 plus uh, 20 for the strength or dex. Mm-hmm. Uh, average is going to be 42, minimums 24, and max of 60. So yes, you are stronger than a regular monk, uh, doing their, um, doing their regular attacks. But this is also your special form, where you're burning a bunch of key to do all this shit. Yep. That does not compare, though, to a brute fighter, which is also yeah. a UA. Without, this is taken into account without great weapon master, and they're only using a great sword. That's 8d6, because they get to attack four times, mm-hmm. uh, plus four times their strength, so we'll say 20. Plus 4d10 for their brute die. So they're, they're gonna come out with an average of 70, uh, and, um, their minimum is 32 points of damage, and their max is 108. So while you are in your special souped up form, you are still doing a little bit less damage than the brute's regular attack. Yeah, without, without anything special. Yeah, you know, like, and brute's no two weapon fighting, yeah. no feats thrown in there. This is just them walking around with their big stick. Yep. And you know they're going to ma- be maxing that out yeah. with feats and everything else. Well, and then they action surge. And then <laughs> they still haven't used their bonus action yet. And so it's like, like, yes, it's powerful for a monk. But uh, compared to someone that focuses on dealing consistent damage every turn, they're not going right. to really match up to it. And now a monk can use like stunning strike. They get six chances to stunning strike with it. So that's yeah. pretty good. Um, it, they have a variety of things that they can do to help augment their attacks. So it's pretty cool. Plus, you get to roll 7d10. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Battlemaster, uh, 8d6 plus 20 strength. Uh, it's an average of 48 damage, uh, minimum 28, uh, max of 68. But then they get to add in their uh, their superiority dies that are d12s. They can have two weapon fighting. They can have great weapon master, so they're doing an extra 40 points of damage every mm-hmm. round. It, it The monk is now stronger, which is nice. Yeah, but no. it's not so powerful that everyone else is going to be like, "Damn!" Yeah, it's- no, and it's one of those things too. People will argue, be like, "Well, isn't that the role of a fighter?" Well, what the hell are you playing a monk for? A monk's purpose instead of hitting yeah. you with a sword well, is a to punch you in the face. Class. Yeah, but- monks are very good for supporting things. Yeah, um, but you know, if you, if you're a monk, eventually you're going to be like, "I'm going to just punch things." Yeah, it, they have they they are a lot stronger in this form, but that's good because they're. Uh, that this entire class is focused on this form. And they yeah. don't get really anything else unless they're willing to keep spending their key. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this form is their last thing they get at 7th level called key consumption. When a creature within 10 feet of you... 17th level? Yes, sorry. Okay. 17th level, when a creature within 10 feet of you is reduced yep. to 0 hit points, you can use your reaction to regain key points equal to your wisdom modifier. If you have a 5 wisdom modifier, anytime a creature within 10 feet of you dies, <laughs> you get an you know, it's a new round, then mm-hmm. you get five key points back. You only need two people to die around you on two different rounds for you to get back whatever you spent to summon this form. Yep. Which means <laughs> just keep a small crate of rats on hand <laughs> and you just break their necks and you're like, and now I am regaining all my key points. Yeah. 
You're just... You would think of that. And it's like, guys, guys, wait one second. I just need to kill this crack rat. I feel uh, better now. Yeah. (laughs) Mystical energy's flowing through me again. Man, that rat was just loaded with nutrients. You know, I went to, oh, you're going to wade into the middle of the battle. No, you're in the back killing poor defenseless bunnies or rats. Yeah, it's like, guys, this form's almost down. Let's take uh, uh, 12 seconds for me to kill these two rats, and and I'll get all my key points back. (laughs) It's just... There's a ways to abuse it. Yeah, it, well, it's easily abused. This is the problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh God. Uh, and I mean, there's it also because you have reach with your arms. There does come the problem uh, because it has to be a creature within ten feet of you that you might not always be close enough to creatures that you aren't fighting mm-hmm. that are dying around you. So I, I like. <sighs> yeah. I go back and forth. I think that they need to refine it a little bit. And maybe put some sort of uh, cap on it per day, or yeah, I I just feel like the way it's written, it can be easily abused because you have your form for ten minutes. Yeah, there's plenty of time to just oh hi little kobold, crack the neck, and then just suck out their energy. Like maybe there should be like a minimum CR that you can gain it from, or something. Yeah, it, it just the way it's written, it's just like. I couldn't abused. fault a player for being like, yeah, I'm just going to keep a couple rats on me. It's like, why? You'll find out. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. I got you. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Uh, so the monk, I, I like the way it's written. I think it's really cool stuff. There's just that, that one problem with the key consumption. But again, that's at 17th level. It's a, it's one of their capstone abilities. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, at 20th level, if they have if they start an encounter with zero key, they get four key points. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's I think the key consumption is stronger than the 20th level ability, but I'm also not quite sure how you would uh, weaken it, pull it back a little bit. So it's not so strong or exploitable as the way it's written. Maybe something where it's like only true threats can. It's just tightening the language up. Yeah, or, or or refining what counts as a creature that you can drain their energy from. Yeah, and see, that's that's where I go back to it again. When I let me just it, if this is what you're doing, if you're writing UA, why everything seems to be missing that little the limit? It's like these are endless. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The barbarian stuff is all endless. Yeah. Yeah, it's like except for the detect magic. I know, which doesn't matter that much. Right, and like, what? Just have the Barbarian Ritual cast Detect Magic and get rid of its limit, and then it can also be limitless. Hey! Yeah, I mean... I threw in the movie title. There you go. I'm proud of me. Just keep looking at all this, and all my notes are just like, you can just keep doing this. You can just keep doing this. At least with most of the Astral Self stuff, like, it does take your key points, so you have to at least take a short rest before you can... Like, you can do it twice in between a short rest, which... Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't mind that at all because you are using your your key points, and it is difficult for you to get those back until you get to seventeenth level, and it's just like, yeah, I get all yep. the key points back. All the key points are belong to me. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's the barbarian. You're just like, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, bitch. <laughs> I the way it's written, uh, I don't think I would allow the barbarian into any of my games. I would allow the monk with the ruling that at 17th level, we came up with something for the key consumption. Um, just to change that just a little bit. Like, you still have that ability to do it, but you can only do it maybe a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier right. or something like that in a day. Yeah, it's just, 
Otherwise, I don't, I don't know. But my problem, I guess, what I was saying before, my overall problem, especially when they do most of the UAs, it's like they're not thinking everything through. It's sort of like you know when you have to write an article and you're like, oh shit. It's eleven o'clock at night on a Sunday. That I gotta power like me at all. <laughs> yeah, and I have to power through it. And you write better articles than this crap sometimes. Oh, it's not crap. It's just it's not thought through. I'll it's take like that as a compliment. I there, think. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no revision. There's no second draft. This is what they come up originally, and they throw it out there. I think with a little more effort, these would be great. Well, I, and and I think the problem is like they don't want to spend a huge amount of time on them because they know that there's going to be some small changes from the community that they need to take into account or they're not taking into account everything. So why spend, you know, 40 uh 40 well, it's probably more like hundreds of hours fine tuning these, like making sure all the little things are there when they could just workshop it out to the community and the community can come up with all the ideas and they don't have to worry about it. And it's free labor for them. That's lazy. I mean, yeah, but if I mean, you only have a small team of designers and you have a lot to work with, and you know that your community is more than willing to yeah, take up all the slack for it. We came up with those little things in a couple hours. Three, I don't know. I don't know. It, sure, you're engaging with the community and letting them like, they're feel important, but you don't you think deep down they know? They're just like, yeah. We well, I, I saw a lot of things where it's just like, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah, exactly. Like, barbarian, six-level feature, like... How did anyone think, <laughs> yeah, this can't be exploited at yeah. all? I know. And it's like, it, it, I think, I was like looking back through stuff and it's like, when it was posted and then when exploits were coming out, it was like 20 or 30 minutes and people were already like, hey, life cleric, boom, done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool. Like, why, if I was this barbarian, I would never just go up to my cleric and be like, heal me, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, keep smacking Slacking him in the every face. time he, uh, he has to spend a spell slot on you. Like, there is like, I... If I had a barbarian and a cleric at my table, it was just like averages. I was like, I'm not going to make you guys roll all those fucking dice. Yeah. yeah, you get full health. I don't give a shit anymore. Right. Like, <laughs> at a certain point, it just feels weird that there wasn't a cat put on it. Like, right. But there's also a couple of like grammatic errors and like words drop here and there. So I can't, I can't help but think that maybe there was a cap and then like the poor intern was typing it all in and missed <laughs> a sentence and then it's just like, oh, well. Yeah, get a new intern. <laughs> All right. So I overall, I would not allow the barbarian, but the monk, I am happy with. Okay. I think and the monk is really cool. I, the barbarian is just. Is would you just allow the barbarian too if, low random? Yeah. Would you allow the barbarian if you changed if you made some minor tweaks to it? I would have to make a lot of tweaks to it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to add in a lot of immediately's yeah. and clarifying as to when things happen, exactly. and then making sure that the player understood. Hey, I know it says this on the UA, but this is how it's actually going right. to be done. Yeah. And then them agreeing, like, yes, I am fine with what you put and what you specified. Okay. And you know, like during like that planning phase, I'm more than happy to talk to them. It's like, yes, the beam of line energy coming from your chest. Uh, <laughs> I guess you can, you can, you know, uh, maybe you have a second to uh, line it up, or it's like, no, it happens immediately. You you better think of that shit before you start running forward. I can't remember <laughs> what. I want to say it's Dragon Ball, but it's not that. There's something where someone shoots light out of the middle of their chest, and they just arch their backs out, and their hands go, and they just stick their chest out, and the light shoots out. I can't remember what the character is that does that. I have but, so many images in my head of what it is, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, can't I think it's think, multiple characters. Yeah, I'm just like, I gotta know what it is. Oh, um, Iron Man, maybe? Iron Man, there you times? go. That's that's the, that's the um, a perfect one. Yeah, I, uh, there, yeah there's, there's a couple some others. cartoon character, too, but it's just like, yeah, it's just it's a pose, 
and you're like shooting this ridiculously powerful beam out to kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, barbarian I think needs a lot more mm-hmm. words thrown in there and uh, specificity uh, really harped on with it for them to release it in a official book. And then I think the monk is. I mean, even if they don't fix that seventeenth level problem, it's not that big of a deal. I think mm-hmm. uh, at seventeenth level um, that I would tell someone no, they cannot play. I I, I think it's fun, um, but I also wouldn't play a monk. So yeah, I just <laughs> I, again, I just think that the they were first drafts and they didn't bother writing second drafts. Uh, I would disagree on the monk, the barbarian. Okay. I could see that. Okay. I, I think the monk is a little bit uh, too thought, well thought out, and I think uh, within the basis of the other monks, and I know like yep. their stated goals of trying to make the monk a little bit stronger, that I think it works very well the way it's written, and um, that they did put thought into this one, at least. I'll give you that. Just that one. I'll give you that. Not okay. the other one. Yeah, not the barbarian. <laughs> no. That's just like, hey. They spent too, t- too much time giggling to themselves yeah. while they're writing the wild search table. They, why don't they just put on there that this is a solo campaign character? Well, and then, like, they giggle to themselves seven times, and then they're like, oh, shit, we don't have a D7. <laughs> we got to think of an eighth, <laughs> an eighth effect. And so they're like, oh, I know, difficult terrain. Ten feet around you. God. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So there we go. I, I mean, great. Uh, I hope they make some tweaks on them, and I'm excited to see what they would change. And I'm excited for the eventual book that they're going to come out in that I hope is dealing with the Planescape and Planar stuff. Yeah, because you've, that's my you've favorite. said that already. I'm just reinforcing it. All right. So I think we'll probably have to skip uh, any homebrew again today. Well, the homebrew was talking about our... There we go. Problem. We're going to tie the homebrew right into that. Well, I hope you guys enjoy. If there are any topics you want us to touch on, please let us know either in the comments or you can send us an email at dumpstatadventures at gmail.com or hello at dumpstat.com or hello at dumpstatadventures.com. Yep. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at. Good luck. I was waiting for you. <laughs> no, go, keep going. At uh, stat underscore dump, stat dump, right? Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash stat underscore dump, mm-hmm. at stat underscore dump. You can go to our subreddit, which is da- dump underscore stat, so dump stat, and eh, please rate us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that, so we can get yeah. more people getting into the podcast. You know, if, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please rate us, give us a review. It makes Chris feel really good about himself. Nothing else in this world does. And I might even call you out by name if Chris points out to me that we have a new review on yeah. iTunes. Oh. Uh... What else? Patreon? Yes, please. If you like what we're doing here, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dumpstat, all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we're we excited for our next movie review, which is coming out September 1st, where we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Wrath of the Dragon God. Oh, came God. out in 2007. Unfortunately, it doesn't have the same charm as Jeremy Irons, but it does have the raw charisma of unknown actors that have never been in a movie before. Who had to fly all the way to Lithuania to film it. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, and Patreon's good. You get the, you get the, you'll get the movie review. You get, I mean, the homebrew is just, your homebrew hoard's getting huge. I gotta add I a might even things. say it's better than the UA. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and there's a ton of stuff on there. You get that. I mean, there's access to a lot of stuff, so. Yep. So that's it for the day. Yes, and 
also two episodes we're going to be talking about Descent into Avernus when it comes out. Um, oh, it'll actually come out like the week and a half before mm-hmm. um, we uh, we record the podcast. So we'll actually have a good bit of time on like Ghost of Salt Marsh, where I was uh, speed reading, <laughs> speed reading, and staying up until like two a.m. in the morning to like read through <laughs> it. Now we'll actually get like a week to like digest it and sit through it. And Chris has promised to even maybe open up his copy of it to look at it. I will just the Infernal Machine. <laughs> okay, and the Abyssal Chickens. Yes. All right. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Oh, such a poor soul. Yeah.